You are listening to the Health and Wellness Connection Podcast, the number one wellness podcast designed to provide the latest information to help you achieve your health and wellness goals. Our show features exciting guests, the latest in medical research, and in-depth discussions in current trends on weight loss, nutrition, and fitness. No matter what your interest, the Health and Wellness Podcast has you covered. And now, presenting your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, M.D. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. I want to thank you for being a faithful listener and checking us out every week on Afro Vibes Radio. But hey, if you somehow don't get a chance to check us out Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Afro Vibes Radio, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast page. That's anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. That's H-W-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. Again, check us out on our anchor.fm podcast page. Check out all the shows uploaded there immediately after the show airs on Afrovibes Radio. Also, if you want to listen to the show live on Afrovibes Radio, please download the app, afrovibesradio.com. You can download it from the, the website or go to your local or favorite, sorry, mobile OS app, be it Android or iPhone. Download the app on your phone today. You can stream the show as well as the awesome Afrobeat music collection live on your phone for free. Again, no money down, all free, all awesomeness. Do it today. Again, um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always get at me on Instagram. Um, my uh, name, Dr. Barry MD, D R B A R Y M D. Also, you can email me at Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. That's Dr. Barry, D R B A R R Y H E A L T H at gmail.com. And last but not least, Facebook is also where we're at, posting all the shows as well as other exciting articles. Check us out at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Again, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. Any feedback, any even sponsorship opportunities, because we are um, very highly listened podcast. Always looking for sponsors. Check us out if you're interested in sponsoring the show. And also, you can do it on the Anchor FM page. You can donate, become a super sponsor. We're going to get a lot of cool freebies for those people who do sign up. So, check us out again. It's Dr. Barry here. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. It's your host, Dr. Barry, here again with, you know, what I hope will be a very exciting, entertaining, and very informative episode. Today's show is all about intermittent fasting. You know, we're still on our, you know, trying to eat better for the 2020. And I figured today will be a good time to talk about the whole intermittent fasting phenomenon. It's one of the newest, or I would say new, but it's kind of popular, I would say, Nowadays, due to some of the recent uh, uh, information coming out about intermittent fasting that kind of shows it to be a potentially very effective way at losing weight and getting healthier. Now, let's talk briefly about the backstory about intermittent fasting for those who are not sure what's going on or what it exactly is. Well, first off, it's not exactly new. 
intermittent fasting has been around for a long period of time. It's been written about in different books and different other exciting uh, uh, documentaries. One of the more recent books that actually inspired me as well that I'm currently reading that I'll also reference throughout the show is called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. The bestseller came out in 2016 and it really kind of, you know, did a very exhaustive uh, analysis of the data as well as some of the research behind intermittent fasting. And it came with, with the conclusion that intermittent fasting can be an extremely effective way at helping you lose weight. And that's primarily based around the concept of insulin. Now, insulin is one of those hormones that's in everyone, actually. And it's one of the more critical uh, hormones used for the metabolism of glucose. Glucose is the uh, byproduct of various foods you eat, particularly carbs. That's also a very important energy source for the body. Now, apparently, intermittent fasting is effective because it can help reduce what is known as our sensitivity or sorry it should it can increase our our sensitivity to insulin insulin is important obviously like we said earlier it's a hormone but it's very important in glucose metabolism and the reason why that's actually you know important because when you tend to eat a lot of carbohydrates and you have higher levels of blood glucose what happens is your body then has to secrete more insulin so it can help metabolize that glucose so it can be put in the cells or turn it to energy or, or used for whatever purpose it needed to be it needed to be used for. Now, it's believed that with intermittent fasting, it actually helps keep our glucose levels lower, which therefore keeps our body more sensitive to insulin. Now, we talk a little bit about this um, in some of the previous shows, especially the shows on carbohydrates, as well as uh, the book uh, Next Level Weight Loss 2.0. So, if you want more info, you can always read some of those periodicals. You can also Google some. Other excellent sources as well for more information on the insulin sensitivity theory. But in a nutshell, helping your body stay sensitive to insulin is going to be very helpful in helping you lose weight. Now, it's believed that because of intermittent fasting's effectiveness in helping lose weight, it may be an ideal way that we can approach eating and nutrition. If we're interested in keeping our body fat low, blood pressure low, and other you know, body markers low is... And that's because what we've seen in the research regarding intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting definitely, like I said, isn't new. It's been around for ages. I'm sure many of you guys are familiar with religions that also practice fasting. For instance, of course, we all know that um, Muslims have numerous religions where fasting is a very important component of the worship practice, as well as Christianity. So it's something that's seen quite a bit. So it's definitely not new. And those religions and practices have, and have been around for thousands of years. So clearly it's something that's been done in the past and even, you know, what people don't understand or don't realize is that the word breakfast actually is a uh, variation of the term break fast, which is something that was described when the whole concept of eating breakfast became about because it was believed that when you're sleeping, you're actually fasting. And by eating early in the morning, you can break that fast, which will help give you an energy boost and so forth. So the concept of fasting is definitely isn't new, but the new kind of research coming out regarding fasting is actually reinvigorating the whole, you know, practice outside of the religious practices, which is where it's been historically associated. So, like I said, um, fasting is something that's definitely gaining quite a bit of popularity. And uh, it's something that I think we should kind of explore a little more deeply. So when we talk about fasting, what exactly are we referring to regarding the actual practice of intermittent fasting? 
Well, there's a few ways that it's done. Now, there's a couple research studies that have been done on intermittent fasting. There's one out of University of Illinois that talked about how there were two different kinds of fasting that they studied. One was the alternate uh, fasting approach where one day you would eat um, 75% of your total calorie requirements. And then on the fasting day, which is the alternate day, you would eat only 25% of your fasting requirements. Now, of course, this study was designed for weight loss. So they had everyone eating slightly less calories than they would normally need for normal management to, to promote that calorie deficit that's needed for weight loss. But they, um, you know, focused on alternate style of um, eating. And there was another study or I would say, sorry, the same study, but a different group of patients who actually just focused on um, eating decreased amounts of food. Uh, sorry, eating the same amount of food only in a certain amount of hours. So you're only doing a 16 hour fast and eight hours of eating every day. But the total daily consumption of calories was still going to be less than the total normal requirement. And in this study, it was about 75%. So um, it looked at if we were also, in addition to decreasing our calorie content, we're also restricting our eating windows, it would help promote better weight loss increased insulin sensitivity and overall improved health and wellness. And many of these studies did show that reducing the calories in addition to restricting the time period of eating was very beneficial and was able to actually help people lose weight, lower their cholesterol, lower their blood pressure, and just improve all sorts of markers that are typically seen in patients who are obese. All right, so again, so now we know that intermittent fasting definitely has some scientific uh, benefits. Let's more talk about how the fasting actually affects your cells and your hormones. Like I said, it, this is all a very, very microscopic, I would say. It has a micro cellular effect on the, on the body, actually. Um, like we said, a, insulin is a hormone, and it does adjust based on your glucose level in your blood. Now, one thing that happens when you fast in general, just not eating for extended periods of time, you have an increase of your human growth hormone, also known as HGH. This is very important because it helps, you know, reduce fat loss and it helps improve muscle gain. Secondly, like we said earlier, your insulin sensitivity will also improve and your insulin levels will drop. Now, this is important because high levels of insulin are almost directly correlated to increased levels of fat. So people who have high levels of insulin tend to be obese or overweight. This is something we see a lot in diabetics who are forced to take insulin for health reasons. Insulin, you know, when it's used as a regular medication is almost always associated with weight gain. So again, insulin levels are, are, appear to be very important as far as how our body manages, stores, and metabolizes fat as well. Now, another thing that happens with a fasting state is that your cells start to repair. So the important thing is that when you're fasting, your body starts to repair damaged cells, destroy old and dysfunctional cells, and this kind of overall keeps the body um, more streamlined with healthy, you know, cells that are doing their work. So it's very important. And lastly, 
when you fast. There are also changes in the functions of genes related to longevity and protection against disease. There's some evidence that if you're fasting, you tend to have improved um, improved longevity due to some genetic um, changes that occur on a cellular level. So it's very technical as far as you know how fasting can help improve some of your metabolic processes and cellular processes. And it's been shown that you know with these things we're noticing, there are definitely some health benefits from fasting. So, um, you know, all that being said, um, fasting can be a very, very popular weight loss tool. I mean, of course, if you eat less, you're going to have less, um, stuff to actually pack on quote unquote, the pounds. So that should make a lot of sense, but I think it's even deeper than simply just, you know, less food in your mouth. It actually affects your body hormonally, which is, you know, effective way to get your body to actually get in gear and start to promote weight loss. So all these things are really coming to light lately. And because of all these new developments regarding the research behind fasting, it's now becoming more popular to promote fasting as a um, dietary option. So, you know, because of all this, I think that's something that a lot of people are looking into more and want to talk more about it. Now, I think the next part of the show, which is going to come after the break, we're going to talk more about the actual kinds of fasting, you know, some of the different ways people are doing it, some of the official percentages or sorry, the official, um, uh, you know, schedules that people are using to help them stay on task. And, you know, you can see whether or not this may be something you want to try. Ultimately, you know, everyone works better with different styles of eating. Some people like to do the fasting approach. Others like to do the daily approach, but just eating less. Others like to, you know, eat whatever they want, not care. But ultimately, you know, I think it's very important that we, you know, do something that's compatible with our lifestyle because you want to do something that you're going to continue to do on a regular basis. Anyway, so that's the first part of the show. We're going to talk more about, you know, different kinds of fasting, some of the benefits of it, as well as some of the, the drawbacks of it. And we're going to, you know, try to really flesh this thing out. So again, it's your host, Dr. Barry here. Stay tuned. We got more exciting show for you after the break. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast slash radio show. It's your host, Dr. Barry here again. Thank you for joining us again. Just for just in case you guys forgot, we are broadcasting on Afro Vibes Radio every Thursday, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Please check them out. Download the app if you haven't already. Afro Vibes Radio app on Google Play, as well as the iTunes Apple Store. All right. So we're talking about the intermittent fasting phenomenon that's sweeping the, the globe, if you will. We kind of talked a little bit about some of the things we see with intermittent fasting, why it's helpful, how it affects the cells. But let's talk a little bit more about it as far as the general overall benefits of fasting and how, you know, why it's believed that it may be an effective way to actually get healthier and lose weight. Um, so now with, with the fasting, one thing we say we see with fasting and why it's starting to be recommended more and more because there are some global things we're seeing that we've already talked about a little bit earlier, but we're going to talk a little bit more about those as well as getting some more of the specifics regarding how to fast and do it safely. Um, well, the first thing we're seeing with a lot of uh, intermittent fasting participants is weight loss. Like we said earlier, it's an excellent way to lose weight because you're restricting calories, also restricting your time of consumption. All that's important in helping, you know, keep your metabolism levels elevated to help you burn more calories. The whole point of intermittent fasting is that you want your 
your body to be sensitive to insulin. So the insulin levels are low. And when the glucose levels in your bloodstream are also low, your body will then have to metabolize your fat stores and other local options to help increase your, your insulin levels as well as keep your body burning calories. And that's what happened with intermittent fasting. It actually helps promote this phenomenon. But in addition to that, um, it's also very helpful, like we said earlier, insulin resistance. Because like we said earlier, insulin levels, if they're very, if your body is still sensitive to insulin, which happens when your glucose levels are low, which happens when you're fasting, your blood sugars also stay low. And that also helps keep your body, um, again, protected against type two diabetes. And actually it helps with your metabolism. Um, by keeping those metabolism markers or keeps your metabolism elevated as your body is trying to, you know, harness some of your storage, um, your storage sources to help metabolize and get energy into your bloodstream for whatever you're doing. Um, another thing with fasting is that it has been shown with some studies to help reduce some of the markers of inflammation, which is a big thing that we see in a lot of disease. Like we see a lot of times in the show, inflammation is really the key behind a lot of disease processes. So you want to keep inflammation low if you want to help reduce disease in general. This is heart disease, be it cancer, be it diabetes. Um, So many illnesses, inflammatory processes are at the crux of how it develops. So you want to keep inflammation low and fasting is a great way to do that. Now, of course, getting a lot of sleep, drinking water, relaxing, meditation, massage therapy, All these are also effective for inflammation, but fasting as well can be extremely effective. And this decrease in inflammation in turn helps with decreased heart disease as well as decreased cancer rates. All these have been shown to be seen with fasting, especially um, with the heart. It's been shown that fasting can help reduce your bad LDL cholesterol as well as your blood triglycerides as well as inflammatory markers, as we said before. It's just an overall, you know, very, very effective method to help keep your body um, healthier than it would be without. And lastly, it's also very effective for aging because, of course, the inflammatory process has helped promote aging by, you know, causing damage to cells, which causes, you know, the body to um, age quicker. By reducing inflammation, it actually reduces the effect on the cells, which can help you know, reduce some of the aging thing, aging um, effects we see in patients who don't fast. So um, it's just something that has been extremely effective, and it's been proven in various studies in both humans and uh, rats. So again, so fasting, we get it; it's good, it's healthy. Now, it's not perfect, obviously. Um, there are some drawbacks. Number one, if you are a diabetic, it's very important that um, you can still fast, but you need to be doing it very, very closely in conjunction with your doctor, ensuring that you're doing the safe things to help ensure your blood sugars aren't too low or too high, uh, especially if you're overeating. You can potentially overshoot your close and have trouble managing it with insulin. So I would definitely not recommend this to diabetics unless you have a physician supervising you. Secondly, um, Fasting can promote weakness, especially on the days when you're actually not eating. Um, without you know energy or food being consumed, your body will have to recruit more energy from its stores, which can take longer and may not be as effective as just simply eating. So it's very important that if you are fasting, you're doing it and you're understanding the energy you know 
decline that may occur. So if you're someone who's very active, let's say you're physically working out heavily or if you're an athlete, you may not be able to do this effectively. Um, also, if you're expecting, if you're a pregnant uh, a woman, probably not a good idea to be fasting because of the increased demands on your body. Um, so not everyone is really, um, you know, a perfect candidate for this, but it is something that, you know, can be effective, especially if you are under the care of a doctor who can help you figure out a safe a way to approach it. So enough about, you know, fasting. We know it's good. How do we actually do it? If you want to actually do this fast, let's say you like what you're hearing, you think fasting could be something you want to try. Let's talk about the different ways to do fast. Now, there's a lot of different ways that have been out there that have been popularized. I'm going to just talk about a few of those. The first one is a 16 slash eight method, meaning you you fast for 16 hours a day and then you eat for eight hours. So it's important that, you know, you only eat within those eight hours to keep your body on the certain metabolic uh, frame that will allow you to burn calories more effectively. Um, common uh, common uh, schedules include eating from 12 to 7 and then fasting from 7 to 12 the next day. Um, and it's believed or it's, it's usually ideal to try to eat uh, with that only within that window only. And you can eat about two to three meals. So you're eating about every three hours and you're eating snacks as well. But you're trying to keep your total caloric intake at or below your daily required. Now, how do you know your daily required caloric intake? Well, it's based on your height and weight. It's something that you can figure out very easily if you plug it into many of the uh, caloric calendars you see on the Internet. It's also a very popular one. And there's actually many popular ones on a lot of the apps that we recommend for um, calorie counting. Uh, My Fitness Pal comes to mind. Lose It is another great app. So if you're unsure about your calorie um, requirements for the day, definitely download the app My Fitness Pal. Type in your height and weight, your activity level, and it'll calculate it for you. Once you have this number, then you can determine, okay, if I'm supposed to eat, for instance, 3,000 calories a day to maintain my, my current metabolism and weight, I'll then maybe consider reducing that by, let's say, 500 calories eating only 2,500 calories a day. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make sure it's only between the period I'm supposed to eat. When, in, in, For instance, this example I just gave, between 12 um, p.m. and 7 p.m., we're only going to eat and fast the rest of the time. So that's 16 and 8 method. Um, that's one that actually has been shown via research to be um, one of the easiest to maintain amongst people who do the fasting technique um, because people do like the idea of eating you know, as much as they want without so much close monitoring of the calories. It's a little bit easier to do with this method because it's such a short window that you're actually eating. It's really hard to really overdo it unless you're just going for the greasiest, unhealthiest options during that, you know, you know, um, eating period. And a good thing about fasting too is that you can also drink water, coffee, and other non-caloric beverages during the fast. So you can drink that maybe crystal light, even though, you know, I'm not a big proponent of those, you know, zero calorie sodas. But technically, you can still consume those during the fast to keep, you know, yourself hydrated as well. So another way of uh, fasting, another popular method is the five dash two diet, which is we fast for the first two days for fast. We fast, sorry, we fast for two days per week. So instead of just, uh, you know, fasting every other day, we just fast two days a week. We just choose two days. Let's say a Tuesday and a Thursday, and then we eat normally every other day. Now, when we say eat normally, it doesn't mean we overeat now. It means that we eat 
our normal caloric requirements for the day, be it, you know, 2,500, 2,700, whatever you calculate on your um, different app that you use. Now, the days that you are going to fast, which is, let's say, two days a week, you want to eat between 500 and 600 calories. So that's not very much at all. That's maybe like two small snacks. That's it. So, you know, to be you know, in compliance with the 5-2 diet, you want to, again, severe caloric restrictions on those two days you're going to consume food. And then the other days you can eat normally. This is called the fast diet, actually. And it was very popular um, due to some writings by a journalist out of Britain. You know, otherwise, it's something that's been known. Like I said, these diets have been around for a while. And there are people who have been propo- pro- uh, proponents of them throughout history. But some of these diets have gained a following because they can be effective. Um, <clears throat> now, um, so there's so many different diets. Another diet that you kind of, you know, don't eat at all for a whole day. Instead of eating 500 calories a day, you eat nothing. Just kind of that's, you know, and do that twice a week as well. Uh, so there's different kind of days. Um, the one that I had read up on a lot is the alternate day fasting, where you literally fast every other day. And uh, the days you do fast, you're eating about 25% of your caloric requirements. The days you eat normally, about 80% of your caloric requirements. So this is something you also can uh, try out as well. One thing about this diet is that it was a lot difficult to stick to. There was a lot of people pulling out of this diet during the research because people, I guess, couldn't get over the fact they couldn't eat for an entire day. But if you're someone who doesn't eat a lot anyway, this may be something you may want to consider. And uh, so, again, also, these diets are people as well who are not really active because, again, one of the big drawbacks with fasting is that you become a lot weaker. And so it causes you to have, um, you know, difficulty doing strenuous activities. So if you're someone who likes to work out or train hard, it's a little bit difficult to do those whole day diets without eating. And for that very reason, the warrior diet was actually created by people who are athletic and who like to um, work out daily. Um, And it basically involves them fasting during the day and eating a huge meal at night. So a slight variation on the 16-8 diet. So they're kind of eating only small amounts of fruits and vegetables throughout the day, literally until about, let's say, 4 p.m. Then you're eating a massively huge meal, meat, veggies, maybe whatever, carbs, whatever, just one big meal a day. And then some small snacks, low, low calories throughout the day. Um, And it's really um, important if you're on a warrior diet that you're eating very, very healthy amounts of food like raw fruits and vegetables during the day and then just one, you know, gluttonous meal at night. (laughs) So um, that could be uh, helpful for those who have trouble not eating for 24 hours at a time. But it's also effective as well because you're still, you know, depriving your body of those constant high caloric foods, allowing that insulin level or insulin sensitivity to remain high, keeping you, you know, you know, fit and ready to go. So ultimately, there's a lot of different diets out there. There's even more different fasting types that are out there that I didn't go into. But it's so important that you understand that fasting can be a very effective way to lose weight. You don't necessarily have to be a religious person to do so. Um, but it's something that, if done properly, can be a safe and effective way of losing weight. If you have any more questions regarding fasting or intermittent fasting, definitely reach out to me at DrBerryMD. Also, you can check us out um, on the interwebs <laughs> at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss i'll link some of these articles that we researched here um, as well so check those out if you have more interest in the whole concept of intermittent fasting and lastly 
Um, if you you know want to listen to the show again, if you want to share it to your friends, check us out on our podcast page, which is at anchor.fm backslash H-W-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N or anchor.fm backslash H-W connection. Again, it's your host, Dr. Barry here again. Thank you for joining us for what I hope was an informative episode for you. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Podcast. For more info, check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash next level weight loss. Our show can also be found on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com forward slash HW Connection. Lastly, for any inquiries, email us at drbarryhealth at gmail.com. Until next time.